us individually as well. Um, and if that doesn't blow your mind that the uh, creator of all of the heavens and all of the earth loves you individually as, uh, as, as his child, um, uh, then you're crazy. Uh, that, that's that's uh, just nuts. Um, so... We had um, a bit of a rough week for our church family uh, this past week. We had two funeral services uh, this past week. Uh, we had a family member of some of our members um, pass away, uh, family to the Pence and Tolis uh, family. Uh, we had one of our own members, uh, Mandy, um, pass away and had uh, services uh, for um, both David and Mandy. Um, and so our prayers are out uh, with uh, both of those families grieving at this time. Um, this weekend, uh, we've been able uh, to enjoy some time uh, with Jamie's parents. Um, uh, we always uh, enjoy uh, time with our parents, with our family. Um, you especially learn to appreciate it when it doesn't happen uh, as often. Um, and uh, Kirsten's word kind of spoke to me um, at the service um, as she uh, was Telling everybody to cherish those around you, specifically uh, your parents. Um, so certainly we've, we've been able to uh, cherish uh, Jamie's family uh, being with us uh, this weekend. Um, and I hope that you all are able to cherish those close to you, whether that be your parents, your kids, your siblings, uh, spouses, uh, whomever it may be. I hope you all have uh, people close to you that you can cherish and truly value time with each and every one of them. So today, uh, we are continuing our series on the power of habits. Uh, this is our third week in the series, and again, just to remind you all, I'm getting uh, most of my information throughout the series um, from uh, the book called Atomic Habits by James Clear, um, a wonderful book. Uh, I know a handful of you guys uh, either ordered it on your own, or we had a, a handful of extra copies here. Um, I hope you guys are able to to enjoy it. Um, I can't remember if I shared with, uh, with, uh, this with you guys, but James Clear, he actually lives in Columbus, so he's one of our own. He, he's, I guess I shouldn't say one of our own because I'm not a Buckeye, but he's one of your own, you Buckeyes out there. I'm a Michigander at heart. Um, maybe I'll get there one day, but not yet. I'm sorry. Um, but uh, our vision as a church is to grow closer to God and expand his kingdom, and I think going through uh, this book and talking about the power of habits, I think that will help us us as a church fulfill our vision of growing closer to God and expanding his kingdom. Because I don't think it's possible at all. If we don't have these habits of growing closer to God, if we don't have these habits of expanding God's kingdom, then the truth of the matter is it's not going to happen. And that's why I think uh, this series is so important. Um, kind of my reasoning for getting the information, my main source of information from a book outside of uh, the Bible, a little outside of uh, my comfort uh, zone. But, but I think it has value for each and every one of us. I think it can have tremendous value if, if we take this information uh, seriously. And so two weeks ago when we started off uh, the series, we, we talked about the value in this series because we talked about how small changes can make a big difference. 
Small changes equal big difference. Little habits that we build in our lives, if we implement them on a daily basis or weekly basis or whatever it may be, over time, they will have uh, an, an astound difference in your lives. They can have a huge difference. Just the little changes, the little habits that we implement in our lives. So if you implement a habit of reading God's word for 10 minutes of your day, or you implement a habit of praying to God for five minutes a day, that in the long run will make such a huge, huge difference. And again, that's why I think it's important for us to talk about the power of habits. And so last week we talked about our identity and, and, and why our identity is so important uh, when talking about the process of building up good habits and breaking down bad habits. We have to start with our identity. Once we know who we want to become, that's an exercise we all did last week. We wrote exactly who we want to become. Once we know who we want to become, then we know what sort of habits we should be building and what sort of habits we should be breaking down in our lives in order for us to fulfill this identity that we want. And hopefully our desired identity revolves around being a Christian and a child of God. And so in the first two weeks of this series, uh, going through all this material, we, we really focus on the why. Why it's important to focus on our habits. It's important because small changes equal a big difference, and it's important as our identity is important, and habits play a huge role in our identity. And so we talked about the why, why it's important to talk about our habits. But these next four weeks, we're going to be getting down in the nitty-gritty, and we're going to focus on the how. So, so we know it's important to establish these habits, but how? How can we build good habits in our lives, and how can we break bad habits in our lives? For I'm sure all of us have tried time and time again, whether you, I'm sure you've had uh, success a number of times, and I'm sure you've experienced failure a number of times, of trying to implement good habits in your life and how to break bad habits in your life. And so hopefully through these next four weeks, hopefully we, we can uh, practice practice on building uh, a good process of building good habits in our life and breaking down bad habits in our lives. Kind of a James Clear subtitle is an easy and proven way to build good habits and break bad ones. And so as far as we talk about the how, we're going to break it down into four sections into four different weeks. We're going to break it down into the cue the craving, the response, and the reward. James, James Clear d defines this as the four-step process of how we build habits. The cue, the craving, the response, and the reward. And so when we're trying to build good habits in our lives, we need the cue to be obvious. And when I say cue, that's C-U-E, not, not the letter Q, um, just to clarify. So when we're building good habits, we need the cue to be obvious. When we're building good habits, we need the craving to be attractive, we need the response to be easy, and we need the reward to be satisfying. And now, on the other hand, when we are trying to break bad habits in our lives, we need the cue to be invisible, we need the craving to be unattractive, we need the response to be easy, and we need the reward to be 
satisfying. And, and this information here, this is going to be uh, our focus really for this week and the following three weeks as we close out this series on the power of habits. And, and in this sermon and uh, the, the ones following or the, the messages really, they're kind of, they're, they're going to be a bit more of a lecture style with lots of information. So I'd encourage you to take notes. If you're someone who likes to take notes, uh, these are good messages to take notes as we'll have lots of information for you. If you don't typically take notes, maybe you can take notes on your phone if you didn't come uh, prepared uh, to take notes. Whatever it may be, I'd encourage you uh, maybe to take notes so you can uh, absorb and soak in uh, a lot of this information. So with all that said, all, all the background, all the recap being said, we're, we're going to be talking about the cue today. The cue is the first step to building a habit. It's what triggers uh, our brain to, a, to initiate a behavior because many of the actions that we partake in on a daily basis, uh, they're, they're, they're kind of uh, just initial actions that are kind of automatic. We don't really have to think much about them. We, we, much of the decisions, actions that we take, they're, they're not designed uh, for or, or purpose for a long amount of time in our mind. They're, they're just the most obvious option that's presented to us. When I go in, into our kitchen and I see a cookie lying on the table, I'm not going to go and sit there and contemplate the pros and the cons of eating a cookie saying, mm, that'd be really tasty, but eh, I don't really probably need the calories. No, when, when I see a cookie on the table, it's so obvious to me, and what do I do? I just go, I pick up, and I eat the cookie because that's the most obvious decision for me to make at that time. I, I'm, not, I'm not mapping out the pros and the, and the cons. Rather, when a cookie is hidden on top of our fridge, that's where we kind of hide our snacks. When they're hidden back there, I'm much less likely to eat it because it's not so obvious. And so that cue of seeing these things, it's what starts a lot of our behaviors in our daily lives. And so we should be very aware of our cues and we should manage our cues to help make good habits and help break bad habits in our lives. As again, we don't really take a whole lot of thought with many of our actions on a daily basis. We kind of just do what's obvious to us. So we need to make sure we are aware of our cues. Now, James Clear, he kind of categorizes these cues that we experience into five different types. And, and those five different types are time, location, preceding event, emotional state, and other people. We'll, we'll, we'll break each one down a tiny bit here. So the first one is time. This is probably the most common cue in our lives. Um, when we wake up in the morning, it triggers a long list of habits for many of us. When I wake up in the morning, it triggers that, hey, I need to go take a shower, and I need to dress myself, I need to brush my teeth, and, and comb my hair, and put on deodorant, and etc. And that's probably true for many of us in here. When we wake up in that certain time, that, that serves as a cue, that serves as a trigger for us to uh, partake in, in, in these lists of habits and these lists of actions. If you're sitting next to a person this morning that isn't cued to practice these habits in the morning, uh, you may want to sit a little further away from them uh, as uh, they, they may be a little smelly. Um, uh, but, but that's the cue. That's the cue. In the morning, we, we have those cues which initiate us to, to go through all of these different habits. Some of us were cued by a time to eat. Some of us eat by the clock. 
Uh, we, we kind of have a, a running joke in our family because my father-in-law, Jim, he eats by the clock. If it's 6 o'clock in the evening, he's ready for dinner. Isn't that right, Jim? Amen, because that time is a cue for him that, hey, my belly is probably getting empty, and hey, I need to replenish my system, and I need to eat. So if it's 6 o'clock in the evening, and you're hosting Jim at your house, I hope you have dinner served, uh, or or else you you might get a hangry Jim. As some people, they eat by the clock. Does anybody else eat by the clock? Anybody else? A couple uh, around, yeah. <laughs> Brian eats around the clock. That's more like me, Brian. Uh, we eat around the clock. <laughs> so, so many of us, we, we have these different cues uh, revolved around time. So that's probably the most common cue in our lives. But another very common cue in our lives is location. And James Clear says uh, that he believes this is the most powerful type of cue, is location. Again, it's like seeing a plate of cookies on the table. That's the location of the cookies. And when I see those, that, that plate of cookies on the table, I am so likely to go and grab that cookie. But if that cookie is stored away in a cabinet, if it's stored away in the pantry, I'm much less likely to go and dig in the pantry for a particular cookie. It's because that, that location of the cookie, it cues me, it, it triggers me to go eat that cookie. And so if you're someone who wants to start eating healthier, maybe a good step in the right direction is hiding that plate of cookies and displaying some fruits or veggies. That's a practical tip that James Clear talks about. So location, that, that, that's, that's a common cue in our lives, and it can have a lot of power over us when we talk about managing the cues in our lives. Another type of cue is a preceding event. This one, a preceding event is another type of cue. Many habits are a response to something else that happens in our lives. Um, How many of you guys have a smartphone? Raise your hand if you have a smartphone. Yes. Many of us with smartphones, we, we get a ding or we get a buzz when someone messages us on Facebook, when someone texts us, when uh, someone emails us, and we get all these notifications. And that notification, that preceding event, that event of receiving that notification, it kind of triggers us to pick up our phone, open up our phone, check our Facebook, check our email, uh, check our text messages, whatever it may be, or if someone's calling you. You know, that, that's a preceding event that triggers you to go and answer your phone. And so a preceding event can be a type of cue and, and which leads us to partake in a particular behavior, action, or habit. And so if you're someone that maybe wants to use your phone less, maybe you disable some of the notifications on your phone. This is something that I've practiced for um, a handful of months now um, as I watched that documentary on Netflix. Um, I don't remember the name of it now. Something social. Social Dilemma, yeah, that's right. I know a lot of you guys uh, have seen it. Um, they talk about that as well in that documentary um, as the, these phones, they, they try to get us to pick them up by give it buzzing in our pockets and giving us notifications. And so that's something I practiced for a while is disabling the notifications on Facebook. This was painful, but I disabled them on ESPN. I disabled them on on pretty much anything other than my text messages and my phone calls. And let me tell you, it's helped a lot because that cue of that preceding event, it triggered me to pick up my phone constantly throughout the day. And the truth of the matter is I didn't really need to be picking up my phone that much throughout the day. So preceding event can be a type of cue in our lives. 
Another type of cue is an emotional state. Um, and this is often a cue for bad behaviors in our lives. Um, some people, they resort to eating or drinking when it comes to depression or anxiety. Uh, you've all probably heard the term comfort food before. That's focused on that cue uh, of being depressed or, or anxious or worried. And a lot of us, when we are in that emotional state, we resort to eating or drinking or whatever it may be because we have that comfort food. Boredom can, can be another big emotional state that cues us down a particular path. Boredom can be a, a, a big emotional state that leads us down bad habits. When we're bored, a lot of times we, we may be getting into stuff that we shouldn't be getting into. So our emotional state can be a, a, a cue for us on a daily basis. And more often than not, when we're dealing with an emotional state being our cue, it's leading us down a wrong path path that, that we shouldn't be going down. And then finally, the fifth type of cue that we can experience in our lives is other people. Other people can cue us, they can trigger us to uh, partake in a particular behavior, action, or habit. Uh, Jim Rohn uh, says that you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Um, I'm sure many of you guys have heard that uh, quote before, um, but that holds the truth and other people being the cue. For example, two years ago, uh, I wanted to start uh, to read books more. Um, I know the value in reading. Growing up, I hated to read. It wasn't until about my senior year of high school, high school that I started uh, to enjoy reading. And so two years ago, I wanted to implement reading more in my life. And so I asked my cousin Jacob if he wanted to start a book club with me. Um, and it had its ups and it's had its downs. Uh, but we've read through a couple of books together one of them being Atomic Habits. It was one of the books that we read, and we call it a book club, but we, we kind of just read books together, say, hey, did you read it? Yeah, I read it. Did you read it? Yeah, I read it. Um, so that, that's basically the extent of it. But when I hear that Jacob has read uh, three chapters in, in the Atomic Habits book, it cues me, it triggers me that saying, hey, I should probably go and read three chapters of Atomic Habits as well. And so other people can cue us in a particular way. A big one for people is drinking. A lot of people will drink more alcohol when they are around other people drinking alcohol. And, and for some, when they see someone drinking alcohol, it triggers them to drink more. And so if you're someone who struggles with that, if you're someone who struggles with alcohol, then maybe it would be wise for you to not be around other people who are drinking alcohol. Because again, other people can be acute to us. They can trigger us to partake in an action or partake in a behavior or habit. So those are the five types of cues that we experience in our lives. And uh, they, they can impact us in uh, uh, different ways. And, and these different types of cues, if we manage them properly in our lives, then they can tremendously help us build good habits and they can help us tremendously to break down bad habits in our lives. And so when we're focused on building good habits in our lives, we need to make these cues obvious. They need to be as obvious as possible. 
When I wanted to, to read a book, I needed to make that cue as obvious as possible. I needed to be messaging Jacob constantly, hey, did you read this book? I need to be triggered constantly and obviously that, hey, I need to partake in a particular habit. And so when we, when we focus on these cues in our lives, we, we need to focus on our environment. And we need to make sure that our environment makes good cues obvious. We need to make sure our environment makes bad cues invisible. So if you want to make a, a habit a big part of your life, then at the same time, the cue has to be a big part of your environment. We'll be talking a lot about environment this morning. Environment is key. That's so important, the, the environment that you are living in on a daily basis. I cannot express that enough. Environment is key. It is so important. In your environment, when you're trying to build good habits, you need to make those cues. You need to make those triggers so obvious. And two really practical ways in which you can focus on the cues uh, is by two separate practices uh, that James Clear calls implementation intentions and habit stacking. So implementation intentions. Man, if, if you want to pull uh, that slide up. Implementation intentions is basically saying, I will blank behavior at time and location. That's an implementation intention. So basically, if, if you have not yet started a habit of reading God's word on a, daily on a daily basis, a habit that we should all be partaking in, you can try and implement the implementation intention. A couple of examples. You can say, I will read my Bible at 7 in the morning in my rocking chair. Maybe that works for some of you. Or for some of you, you may say, I will read my Bible at 10 at night in my bed. Or I will read my Bible during my lunch break in my office. That's an implementation intention. That, that's being very specific about uh, the cue of the time and the cue of the location. You, you have to make them very obvious. You have to be intentional about it. And so again, if you're someone who is struggling to implement these good habits of reading God's word or, or praying to God on a daily basis, maybe you can try implementation intentions, saying, I will read my Bible at a uh, certain time and in a certain location. So you're really focusing on those cues of time and location. Those are the two most common cues in our life. James Clear says location is the most powerful cue in our life. And so if you're focusing on building that new habit, make that time and location constant and make it obvious with, with what you currently have in your life. So that, that's the first practical way in which you can uh, apply making these cues obvious in your life. Uh, another real practical tip is habit stacking. On the next slide there. Um, and, and personally, I, I think I like habit stacking a little more. Habit stacking is just saying, after a current habit, I will partake in this new habit. And so habit, habit stacking, it takes advantage of the systems and the habits that you already have in place. 
Since I've, since I've read this book, I wanted to start a new habit of going to the gym and working out, um, something that I've gotten out of the habit of doing, and it was a good habit that I wanted to implement in my life. And in order to do this, I decided I would try habit stacking. Um, so to give you guys uh, uh, an idea in my life here, um, throughout the work week, I spend about uh, half of my days here at the church, and I spend about half of my days at home working from home. And I I decided that every day that I go to church and I, and I have that habit of going to church, after I leave, every single time I will go to the gym. And so for me, my habit stacking is after I go to church, I will go to the gym. That, that's how habit stacking has worked for me. Let me tell you, it's been, it's been working uh, uh, pretty well. Um, it, it's been uh, a bizarre uh, past two weeks, um, but I expect uh, this to continue, um, and you guys might have to hold me uh, accountable uh, in, in that fact. Um, but, but that's something that I've been implementing in my own life, habit stacking. So if you can all think of a particular habit that is normal to you on a daily basis, you can connect that habit with another habit. You can tie them together. So again, if you have not yet started a habit of reading God's word or praying, then you can tie this new habit of reading God's word and praying, and you can tie it into a habit that you do on a daily basis. So you can maybe say, after I get home from work, I will read my Bible. I mean, that, that's a habit. If you tr uh, commute to and from work, you can say, after I get home from work, I will read my Bible. If that's a habit that you uh, partake in on a daily basis. Or if you're someone who likes coffee and you drink a cup of coffee every morning, you can say, after I get a cup of coffee in the morning, I will read my Bible. Or maybe if you have a particular routine at, at night before you get to bed, you could say, after I brush my teeth at night, I will read my Bible. And so again, it, it's tying a new habit that, that's not yet uh, applied in your life, and it's tying it in to a current habit that you practice on a regular basis. And, and hopefully, eventually, in the, in the long run, the, these will uh, both be two habits that you just get used to that uh, become habits and, and that we don't need to focus and practice it as much. And so these are practical tips to help us build new good habits. So number one, you have to focus on your environment. Make the cues obvious, whether that be the cue of time, location, um, uh, other people, or, or the other uh, types of cues. You need to make these cues obvious in your environment. You can, uh, again, if we use this example of trying to read your Bible, maybe you place your Bible on your nightstand. Obvious for you to see every time that you wake up and every time that you go way down. Make that cue obvious of good habits that you want to implement in your life. And you can try implementing these cues by uh, implementation, intention, and habit stacking. Uh, saying, I will do this new habit a, at a particular time and location. Or you can stack a new habit with a current habit. But you have to make those cues obvious when you are trying to build new habits in your life. 
On the flip side, we also have to talk about habits that, that we need to break down in our lives, bad habits that, that we have. Uh, I, I'm sure that we all have bad habits in our life. They, they, I, I'm sure they're not all sinful habits in our life, but we all have bad habits in our life that we should be focusing on getting rid of in our life. We should be steering clear of these bad habits. And so when we're focusing on getting rid of these bad habits, we need to make sure that the cues are invisible. So when we're building good habits, cues need to be obvious, but when we're destroying and breaking down bad habits, the cues need to be invisible. And this is something that, that's supported in the scriptures as well. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 22 reads, So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18 reads, flee from sexual immorality. And so in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22, and 1 Corinthians uh, 6, uh, verse 18, it's telling us to flee, and it's telling us to run away from these sinful habits. And when we're fleeing, when we're running away from these sinful habits, they're behind us, we can't see them, they are invisible to us. So we need to run away and make these sinful cues invisible in our lives. My favorite hero of our faith recorded in the scriptures is King David. And King David, one day, he messed up because he did not make the sinful cue invisible. I'm referring here uh, when, when King David committed adultery with Bathsheba. In 2 Samuel chapter uh, 11 uh, is when the story is recorded and I just want to read to you guys 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 2 specifically. And it reads in 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 2, It happened late one afternoon when David arose from his couch and was walking on the roof of the king's house that he saw from the roof a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful. And if we continue the story, we see that King David, the king of Israel, he goes and he commits adultery with another man's wife. You see, I don't think David woke up that morning. I don't think he woke up that morning with ill intentions saying, I am going to go sleep with Bathsheba. I don't, I don't think that fits in with, with, with the character of David. But instead... I think David, he, he was minding his own business. Well, really, he should have been out in battle with, with the rest of his men, but he was home with all of the ladies, and he had all these cues, and all of a sudden, he saw a naked woman bathing. And so that naked woman bathing, it was a trigger, it was a cue for him to partake in this sinful activity and this sinful habit of adultery. That's the power of a cue. That's the value of a cue. This one cue of seeing a naked woman bathing, I believe, is what led King David, an incredible man of our faith. That one cue is what led him to commit adultery and what led him to have Bathsheba's hub, husband, Uriah, killed in battle. Just one cue. Just one bad cue in his life that he did not make invisible. Instead, that cue in his life was as obvious as could be as she was out on her roof and he was out on his big palace overlooking the city. And as he could look out into the city, he could see this naked woman bathing. There was that location, the cue of that 
location. And that one cue led to a grave act of sin of David, probably David's biggest downfall recorded in the scriptures, the act of adultery with another man's wife. And later he tried to cover up that act of adultery, having that man killed. And again, I don't think David was contemplating that morning when he woke up, I'm going to go sleep with her. But I think it's because of that cue, that cue of seeing that naked, beautiful woman bathing. I think that's what did him in. And I think that's true for uh, most, if not all of us. I, I don't think we have ill intentions in our life. I, I don't think we, we wake up in the mornings thinking, hey, I'm going to beat this guy up. I'm going to go commit adultery with, with this lady. I'm going to go and be greedy with this person. I, I don't think we, we have these ill intentions in our lives. Rather, I think it's these cues in our lives triggering us to partake in these sins. And it's just like that, just like that when we see these cues, sometimes they trigger us to partake in these sinful habits and these sinful behaviors and these sinful activities. And so if you struggle with a particular sin in your life, you must try your hardest to make that cue to that sin invisible. Focus on what triggers your temptation. Once you know what triggers that, once you know what cues that temptation, then try to make that cue non-existent. Try to make it invisible. If you struggle with pornography, then delete YouTube on your phone. Don't be alone on the internet. Get rid of the triggers to that temptation. If you struggle with, with getting drunk, then get rid of all the alcohol in your, in your house and, and, and don't go to these social activities where everyone is drinking too much. Don't do that. If you can't handle politics in a loving manner, then stay away from social media that where, where it can trigger you to, to partake in, in some of the nastiness of politics. We need to make the, these cues, these triggers to sinful habits, we need to make them invisible in our lives. I believe that is the first step to changing bad habits, is to be on the lookout for them. Be on the lookout for the cues and make them invisible in our lives. As the cues, they have so much power. They have the potential to have a lot of good power in our lives, potential to trigger us to read God's word, potential to trigger us to pray to God on a daily basis. But at the same time, cues have a tremendous power to draw us into a habit of sinning. And we have to be aware of the value, the importance, and the power of our cues. They're so important when building up good habits and so important when breaking down bad habits. So in summary, if you want to start a new habit in your life, make the cue as obvious as possible. Make the cue as obvious as possible. And on the flip side, if you want to break a bad habit in your life, you must make the cue invisible. For many of the actions that we partake on a daily basis, the, a lot of thought and consideration is not taken with it. But rather, they are actions that we partake in because certain cues trigger us to go in a certain direction. 
And so I encourage you this week, the, the rest of this day, and Monday through Saturday as well, I encourage you to really be aware of the cues in your life. Really be aware of what triggers you to partake in a particular action or habit. And really bring awareness to that. And when you really bring awareness to that, I bet that you'll see there are some bad cues in your life that you can make more invisible. And as you're focusing on these cues in your life and being really aware of them, I'm sure you'll find that there are good cues in your life that you can make more obvious to ensure that you'll partake in these habits on a daily basis. So really, this week, really focus in on your environment and manage your cues. This is the first step to building good habits in order to grow closer to God and expand his kingdom. And it's the first step to breaking down bad habits that inhibit us from growing closer to God and expanding his kingdom. It's the first step. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you uh, for the wisdom, the knowledge, the information that we have at hand here. Father, I just pray that each and every one of us this morning, I pray that we can use this information, this knowledge, this wisdom. I pray that we can apply them to our lives in order that we can develop good habits that enable us to grow closer to you and expand your coming kingdom. And Father, at the same time, I pray that we use this information to break down any bad habits in our lives, habits of sin, habits of distraction, habits that draw us away from you and that do not expand your coming kingdom. Father, we love you. Father, I thank you so much for this church, this opportunity to share your truth, to share your word with your people. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. It's nice to know that um, as we build habits, I guess part of building habits is breaking ourselves down, and it's nice to know that God is able to break us down and take the pieces and rebuild us into something even better. Would you please stand and sing with us as we close with Broken Vessels?